Acts chapter 2 verse 41. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Not a bad opening day for a church. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And I would like to speak to you from the subject. And they continued. Would you say that with me? And they continued. You may be seated. Last Sunday we celebrated the birthday of the Christian church and it was very powerful. The worship was awesome. The presence of God was incredible. The preaching was anointed and ten people were baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Last Sunday in both of our morning services. Twenty people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost last week with the evidence of speaking with other tongues on Sunday alone. Plus everything that happened before and after last Sunday. And I believe it can happen to you today. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, we are ready to Sundays ago. I spoke on the essentiality of baptism and you're welcome to go back and watch that if you're not sure if you should be baptized, must be baptized, or how it should be done, it might help you. Amen? And to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it can happen to you today. Amen? On that day, Acts chapter 2 in your Bible, the birthday of the church, over 3,000 people were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It happened after 120 received it, a crowd gathered, a sermon was preached, Conviction of sins was felt at the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in one day, 3,000 people. In the last 20 years, I have known of numbers of occasions around the world when at least 3,000 people were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost on a single day in one crusade meeting. And I believe it could happen here, just like El Salvador or Ethiopia in Africa or wherever God pours out His Spirit and people are hungry to receive it. Amen? Amen. What I love about Acts chapter 2, as powerful as it was, Imagine what just happened here while the choir was singing and we were worshiping and we kind of felt like we were lifted up together in heavenly places. Well, in Acts chapter 2, that happened for the very first time. People were beside themselves, so much so that others thought they were drunk. They were a little carried away. But what I love about that experience is that it wasn't just a one-time deal. The Bible said, and it's my text and my title, that they continued. What they received that day was not an isolated, one-time happening in their lives. They continued in that. And I want you to know that it is God's will that what you receive when you receive the Holy Ghost, it would continue in your life. That is the will of God for you. And not everybody allows that power to continue in their lives. Sometimes, not on God's side, but people flake off, walk away, backslide. They don't sustain what they received. When I was a teenager, 
we're playing a game of sandlot football. Football, you know, just pick up football. And a couple of guys were there who are not in our church. And I invited them to come to church with me on a Sunday night. Both of them came. And one of those guys received the baptism of the Holy Ghost at my home church in Miami, Florida on his first visit. And I was very excited about that. The three of us were walking out of church to our cars. And uh, while we were on our way, the guy that had not received the Holy Ghost asked his friend who did receive the Holy Ghost about with the change that had taken place. He said, does this mean that you're going to quit cussing and smoking and drinking and whatever else he named? And the guy that had just received the Holy Ghost standing in the church parking lot said, no, no, it doesn't mean I'm going to quit doing all that stuff. And I was standing there thinking, I know what God just did. And what God just did for that guy will change him forever. But you have to make up your mind to continue. Amen. God will enable you, but you have to choose to let him. You have to make up your mind that this is not a one-time deal. This is not just about what you feel on Sunday or in a prayer meeting or at a youth camp or a convention. This is not an experience. It is a relationship. Amen. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We Pentecostals have been accused of being emotional and we are guilty as charged. And the, the ones who are accusing us are guilty as charged too. It's just they like, act like maniacs at concerts and ball games and we act like that at church. Amen. Amen. He made us emotional beings, and yes, we are emotional about our God. But I didn't get an emotional experience when I received the Holy Ghost. It was Christ in me that was the hope of glory. It was a power to do what I could not do on my own. Amen? Amen. You've got to make up your mind that you are the one who is going to continue. Acts 2, 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. They didn't just go to an entertainment spiritual concert and walk out the way they walked in. Amen. They were changed forever. And they continued steadfastly. They were not hit and miss. They weren't here a Sunday, gone a Sunday. They didn't look right one week and look like the devil another. They didn't have a good attitude one day and a terrible attitude another. Amen. They continued steadfastly. Amen. They were who they were Monday through Saturday. And whatever they experienced and demonstrated and displayed to the world on Sunday was who they were every day. The word steadfastly means not leaving or forsaking. It means cleaving to, staying with what you have committed to. And if you committed yourself to Jesus Christ, you should stay fired up as long as you live. Amen. Some people take a while to make up their mind if they should repent. They take longer to make up their mind they should be baptized. They may take even longer to surrender their life to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But once you are born again, Christianity is not something that you just ease yourself into like you're trying to walk into some cold water one inch at a time as you get used to this. 
Amen. The Bible said you are born again, born of the water and the spirit. And the way to successfully serve God is just jump in head first for everything you're worth. Jump in the deep end of the pool. Amen. Don't just ease into living for God and say, well, I'm going to be a little bit of a Christian today and I'll be a little bit of a Christian tomorrow. I understand that we grow in grace and knowledge. I understand spiritual growth. And hopefully those of us who have been around a while reflect a deeper walk with God. But I'm talking about your determination to continue. Amen. Don't just say, I'm going to check this out. Don't be a guy that walks away before you get out of the parking lot. Make up your mind on this Sunday morning that I got in this to stay in this. Amen. The Bible said that the same thing he done. Amen. He is able to keep that which you have committed unto him against that day. Amen. So God is good on his side. He's just waiting for you and me to say, I'm in for the life. Amen. They continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. They were committed to some things. They were committed to the apostles' doctrine. What Jesus taught the apostles also taught and expanded on that in practical application around the world. And those early disciples were successful because they continued in the apostles' doctrine. It wasn't everybody's own doctrine. It wasn't your doctrine, your doctrine, your doctrine. But the people that continued, continued in what they were taught by the apostles who had been taught by Jesus. Amen. We live in a weird world today when everybody has their own form of doctrine. Now we'll learn later that they continued house to house. But when you went house to house to house, fellowshipping and breaking bread, you did not encounter a different God. There was no different nuance on the doctrine. They believed what the apostles taught and every head of house reinforced it in their home and wherever you went, whether it was public worship or private prayer meeting or fellowship dinner with a brother and sister, there was a unity of doctrine in that early church. Amen. And I just want to tell you, if your family makes it to heaven, you need to mirror what is taught behind this pulpit from the Holy Word of God. Amen. You need to echo it. You don't need to have a different voice. Your voice needs to be an echo of the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. There's a lot of confused children and young people because they get home and they ask questions of their parents and the parents say, well, I don't know about that. Well, you need to get your head in the Bible and in an altar and you need to get a conviction and some doctrine inside of you so you can raise your kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Amen. Most of us are too dangerous to be our own pastor anyway. All of us, including the guy standing here, needs authority in his life, needs teaching in his life, needs word in his life. Amen. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Apostles' doctrine was systematic, solid. It will keep you from the evil one and in the evil day. It was powerful and practical. And it had the authority of Jesus Christ and the apostles who God used to raise up a strong 
early church. It was a unified doctrine that built a unified church. Amen. When they left the temple, when they went back to their own countries all around the world from Pentecost, they continued steadfastly. They didn't take a vacation from God when they walked away. Amen. I know it's summertime, but if you would have followed them on vacation, they would have been the same on vacation as they were at home. Well, I got weak a little bit there, but I still believe it. And if they were a private place with their family, they didn't make it public on social media, so everybody questioned what they believed and how they lived. There's a lot of people flunking the course of social media and discretion and wisdom. And by the way, there's a lot of people that I know that need to read the book of Proverbs about every month. 31 chapters to get some wisdom and discretion and understanding because you're doing foolish things on social media and in your life. <clears throat> they continued in the apostles' doctrine, but they continued in fellowship. They didn't just look at the back of the head of a person in front of them on worship day, but they got together in houses and ate together and fellowshiped together. Before they had been separated by a thousand things, but now they were one in Christ Jesus. Jew, Gentile, male, female, rich, poor, they were all one. And they had more to talk about than the weather or sports or politics. That was fine, but they had a common core of belief that they could discuss. Amen. They were a band of brothers and sisters. Amen. And they could talk about their feelings about the kingdom, their interest in the gospel, the dangers they were facing, the conflicts that they had out in the world or maybe in their own homes, their opinions and their hopes of an immortal, eternal life. They had a lot to talk about when they were breaking bread. They continued in breaking bread. Fellowship, breaking of bread. Probably is not just a communion dinner, but they ate together. Amen. <clears throat> you know, one of the surest ways for you to be lost is to isolate yourself from other believers. Amen. You just get out in your own little island somewhere and never fellowship, never eat, never talk scripture, never find spiritual friends, never connect to the body of Christ. If you're separated, you're vulnerable to the adversary, the devil. <clears throat> they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in breaking of bread, fellowship, breaking of bread, but they also continued in prayer. Amen. These were praying people. Because you know what I've learned? I cannot live for God in my own strength and power. <clears throat> Amen. And the only way you can live for God is if you stay in touch with God. You have to have His power working in you and flowing out of you every day. You've got to be connected to Him. And those disciples not only had private devotion, but they had a public prayer life. They had a corporate prayer life where they went to the temple for the hour of prayer. And they prayed in homes. They went to church prayer meetings. When there was trouble in the church, like Simon Peter held in prison, the church prayed in a unified corporate way that he would be delivered from prison. Amen. So I just want to invite you to corporate prayer at Atlanta West. Now, I know this has been a busy weekend. Yesterday was family prayer. I'm a really nice guy. I understand schedules and busyness and all kinds of events, especially this time of the year. So I don't want you to think I'm talking about last night. We had a number of people here for family prayer. I just want to ask you, when do you pray with the body of Christ? 
that on Tuesday family prayer, Saturday men's prayer, before church on Sunday morning, before church on that second service on Sunday, you know, went court quarterly. When is it that you get together daughters of Zion with those precious ladies that come and pray? But I'll tell you, there is something about corporate prayer that is more powerful than private prayer. <clears throat> If you don't have private prayer, you're not going to be saved. But when we pray together, something powerful is released in the church. Amen? So I want to encourage you a few times a year, maybe once a month, why don't you go out of your way? I know that you drive places through the weekend on Saturday. And if you don't have enough, I'm serious about what I'm getting ready to say. If you do not have the money to buy gas to come to a prayer meeting, if you will call the office, let one of our pastors know, we'll make sure you can get to church and you can get to a prayer meeting if that's what's keeping you from it. How's that? <clears throat> now it's really quiet. <clears throat> Well, I pray alone, so do I. And so did the apostles. But they also got to a prayer meeting to pray together. <clears throat> and if you read Acts 4, the place that they pray was shaken. And that was not John in his own home and Simon Peter in his house and Mary over there in her house. They were together in a corporate prayer meeting and something powerful happened. And I believe that the intensity and powerful power of our church would be go through the roof. It would go exponential if we turned up the heat in prayer. Amen. <clears throat> well, something resulted in all of that continuing steadfastly. There was reverence, fear came upon every soul. There were miracles, the power of God was demonstrated among them. There was generosity when people gave to hurting members and folks that were in need that resulted in that. There was a tremendous unity where they eat, ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They had favor from all of the people who were around them and they had unbelievable growth where the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. All of that was a part of what God did because that church was together and they continued. Would you look at your neighbor and say, and they continued. Would you look at your neighbor and say again to them, I will continue. <clears throat> Amen. That Acts church continued steadfastly. They had resistance. They were arrested. They were persecuted. There was sin in the church they had to deal with. They felt they were being treated unfair sometimes. There was conflict between brothers. Some of them were martyred. But in all of that, they continued steadfastly. And I have just come here today on this kind of first Sunday of summer, led of the Holy Ghost for the past week or so, to tell you this day that you can make it if you will just make up your mind. I will continue. I will continue. <clears throat> the Bible said that the path of the just is a shining light that shineth more and more into a perfect day. If you were going to describe the walk of a Christian or the life of a Christian, you would have to say that this is like a walk. It is a path that you walk in. Abraham is called to walk to his inheritance. And the Hebrews, uh, of heroes of faith, in Hebrews 11, the Bible said that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. That they were seeking for a country. And they did not look back to the country they came out of, but they were looking for a better country. 
They just continued and they continued steadfastly. <clears throat> they had it pretty rough. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. They were destitute. They were afflicted. They were tormented. They wandered in the desert. They wandered in the mountains. They wandered in dens and caves of the earth. But they made up their mind that as they wove their way wandering through life, whatever the circumstances were, that they would continue this race that was set before them. They would not back up. They would not quit. <clears throat> Amen. And I'm appealing to you today to make up your mind that you would not go back that you would not quit if there's anything you make up your mind to do, that you would make up your mind to just continue. Amen. In Deuteronomy, the Lord said, I want you to obey my commandments. I don't want you to turn to the right hand or to the left. To Joshua, the Lord said the same thing. I will make you successful if you and prosperous, if you will just not turn to the right hand. Or to the left hand. I like what the Bible said in Proverbs 4. To let your eyes look straight ahead. Ponder the path of your feet. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left. Just make up your mind. You're going to continue one foot in front of the other. I will continue. <clears throat> Amen. When I was a kid, we used to pick up Sister Katie Johnson for church. It seemed like she was always an old lady when we picked her up. Sometimes I would go to the door and help her to the car when I was a kid. She was a special, precious lady. And when she would come to church, her husband, whose name was Hop, H-O-P, he would never come to church. I remember walking in the door, and Hop would be sitting up in his recliner. He was also very old. And he would be watching his black and white television while Sister Johnson went to church. And for years, Sister Johnson went to church. And Hop stayed home and watched whatever was on his black and white TV sitting in his old recliner. But <clears throat> Katie Johnson just made up her mind. I'm going to continue. My husband may not come with me, but I'm not staying home from church. <clears throat> What are you going to do on Sunday, Sister Johnson? I think I'll continue going to church. What about Wednesday? That sounds good to me. I'm going to church on Wednesday. I'm going to continue going to church. One of the greatest miracles that I've ever seen was that when Hop Johnson, her husband was 95 years old, something triggered in him and he decided that he would go to church with his wife, Kate. <clears throat> Hop Johnson went to church, repented of his sins, was baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That didn't happen because Katie quit. It happened because Katie kept going. She said, I will continue. And they continued. Their voice went out, but they continued. Their families in our church, I could call their names. They have suffered unspeakable loss in their lives. They have lost children. 
It's one thing for children to bury their parents. But there are precious people in this church, parents who have buried their children. They've been hurt, they grieved, they struggled with questions and their loss. But they are serving God today because they made up their mind that they would not let anything keep them from going to heaven. They just made up their mind. I will continue. There are also heroes in this church. Parents that I respect very highly. They have cared for special needs children that they have raised in their home. They brought them to the altar believing for healing, but they have not yet been healed. They have stayed husband and wife together, raising their children into adulthood, but they did not quit. They did not charge God foolishly. They made up their mind. God is good to me. I'm going to go to heaven. We're going to make the best of what God has assigned us in this life. They have continued. There are precious people in this local church who have had their spouses abandon them, abuse them, hurt them, divorce them in some cases. Their lives have been shattered. Their families have been fractured. Their financial assets were divided. But they got back up out of the ashes of that situation and made their mind up. I may be embarrassed, humiliated, hurt, but I will continue. I will not be lost. There are people in this church who have gone through times in their life when they were not hitting on every cylinder. They weren't serving God as they should. They stumbled in their walk for God. Maybe they took three steps forward and two steps back. Some of them even backslid. There are people that today were worshiping God from the depth of their heart. But when they look back on their own life history, they see a time that they were not faithful to God. But they got up from their backsliding. They got up from their stumble. They got up out of their failure. And they said, I may fall, but I will rise again. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise again. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. There are people in this church who have suffered physically. They live in pain, chronic pain. But there's something I love about them that they have not let that stop them from serving God. They've got their eye on the day when their mortal body is exchanged for an immortal body. When there's not an ache, ache or a pain or a tear or a sorrow or a cry. They've said... I will continue living for God although I suffer disease and pain in my body. I love the precious elders of our church. Some of the most faithful people in Atlanta West are people who have every reason to stay home. Amen. Fighting traffic on midweek to come to church. 
spending precious money to come here to prayer meetings and church services. They have been through a lot in their many years, 70, 80, 90 years of serving God. Don't you think there was a time they could have said, I think I'll quit. Times are tough. People have hurt me. I've gone through losses and pain. But those people understand that that will get you nowhere. They've just put one foot in front of the other and just said, I will continue. And they continue. There's a lot of young people in our church a lot of young people here today, you need to look at the gray-headed people of this church, the elders of this church who have been down the road a little bit. You may not think they understand where you are or what you're going through, but they face peer pressure. They've made life decisions. They've had temptations, and they have been faithful to the Lord. Amen. They just continue. One of the people that I've admired in my life, as much as anyone else, was a very special lady, probably one of the finest Christians I've known. Her name is Virginia Strome. The reason I know so much about her is because she was my mother-in-law. And you know, I have a friend who says, you know, if you want to know the definition of a mother-in-law, he said, open the dictionary, he said, the picture of my mother-in-law is there. He didn't think too much of his mother-in-law. I had an amazing mother-in-law. And my mother-in-law was saved when she was a young mother. She was raised in a very traditional church. Her husband, my wife's dad, was a backslider away from God. And they met in high school. High school sweethearts, cheerleader, football player, got married and out of church. In their young marriage... He came back to the Lord on an Easter Sunday morning. And when Larry got back in church, Jenny got in church with him. And she began to serve the Lord alongside her husband. They picked up people and took them to church, helped poor people. Pop Strome, my father-in-law, big strong guy, you know, was a worship leader and a Sunday school superintendent. He entertained, they would entertain preachers in their home that had come to visit that church they supported the church in every way they could and engaged and encouraged people. My wife and I had only been married about two years. We were sitting at our house eating dinner. We got a phone call that her dad had passed away suddenly. We thought, this can't be true. It must be her grandfather. Brother Kraft assured us, no, it's your dad. At the age of 49, Larry Strom died. And Virginia Strom, who came to God in her early 20s, is now living for God alone. She's got the house to deal with. She's got the family business stuff to deal with. Not family business, but all the business of a family. Here she is, widowed now, still very young. But Jenny Strom did not walk away from God when her husband suddenly died from a heart attack. But Jenny just kept on living for God, kept on working in her local church, kept on being faithful. She was an avid reader, a very intelligent lady. She just kept reading books and preparing herself. In 1981, she moved down to Jackson, Mississippi to be a dorm mom at the Bible college there. But they needed a bookkeeper. So she worked as a bookkeeper by day and as a dorm supervisor by night. 
two jobs. And this was not a really young lady. But she worked there faithfully for 14 years. Helping hundreds of students get through their trials and troubles. And get their bill paid so they could graduate. But she finally retired from there. She went back home to take care of her aging mother. Who was not in the truth. Catherine Moyer was a very sweet lady sometimes. But as she got older, she wasn't always so sweet. She was not always kind to my mother-in-law. But always very kind to the idea that she was living there taking care of her. So she would fuss at her and make her put everything away and like it was never her home. And my mother-in-law kept living for God. She continued serving the Lord even though that was not a very pretty season of her life. Finally, her mother passed away in 1999. And so now, Mamaw, my mother-in-law, was ready to fulfill her dream to get more involved in the church. Maybe go help a home missions church by teaching Sunday school there. Because when she went back to Ohio, she kept reading. She was teaching the adult Sunday school class. She started puppet ministry because that's the way she was. But it didn't work out very good for her. Because sometime in 2000 or 2001, she was diagnosed with a very rare blood disorder called acquired aplastic anemia. It comes on you, there's numbers of ways, but when your stem cells and your bone marrow quit producing blood. So all of a sudden this very healthy lady is in James Cancer Research Center for 75 days at Ohio State University. And she's not getting better, she's getting worse. The treatments aren't helping her. Ryan and I were up there. I was preaching in Cincinnati. We went by to see her. I walked in the room. I could see the lights going out in her eyes. Like depression and dimness. Almost like she wasn't there anymore. And I just like said, Mamma, we're going to get you out of here. And thanks to some wonderful people in this church, we brought her to Atlanta. And we got her in Emory. And there was a great hematologist there. And he kept her and then she became an outpatient. And for four and a half years... Sister Virginia Strom lived in our home. Every other day, except for a small season, she would go to Emory. My wife would take her. Other people in our church, after a year, would help. And she would spend every other day at the infusion center. Sometimes it was four, seven, eight hours. Sometimes longer. Some of you took her and know what I'm talking about. Every other day, she would ride in that car. She liked it if you had leather interior. And some people thought she was being offensive, but she could slide easier on her frail body. Because of the medication, that treatment for aplastic anemia, she lost her vision. Here's a lady that loved to read, loved crafts, loved to help other people getting more and more frail. Thank you, Sister Edna, for helping us take care of Mamaw so very much when we had to be out of town. But here she was, this lady that we love so much, more and more frail. But she would sit in her room, our dining room, we converted to a bedroom. And she would listen to the Bible on tape. She didn't say, I'm going to curse God and God die because I lost my vision. Because God had saved her from sin. She didn't go back to her old life. She just continued. (laughs) 
I'm preaching because there's people here today that stuff a lot less traumatic than that has happened in your life and you've thought about walking back and going back from God but I'm here to tell you today that you can make it if you will make up your mind I will continue his mercies are new every morning his grace is sufficient you've just got to make up your mind I will continue I will continue And I would sit in that room and think and think and think. She would come sit on that row by my wife and get prayer for healing. She always believed God would heal her, give her vision back, heal her of aplastic anemia. But she was never healed of that. She just got worse and worse and would be in and out of the hospital. It would be her kidneys failing or she was hemorrhaging or she would have petechiae from the platelets that would be dead and her blood would begin to kind of come to her pores and she went through so many, many things through all of that. But she just continued, continued, continued denying her faith. was never a thought in her mind. There was a week that she was really, really sick. The Lord had spoken to me when one of her last hospital, her last hospital visit, I think, before that, that this is the beginning of the end. And so we just like said, I don't know, told my wife, I don't know, but I feel like the Lord has really spoken to me. We need to get ready. Well, this particular week, she was so very sick. She was so frail. And it was just to watch her was so heartbreaking. So that particular Friday morning, I told my wife, you know, I want to go with you today. We'll take her to the infusion center. Got there, we were not there very long. I'd stepped out to talk to a social worker. My wife called me back into that infusion area. She said, Daryl, mom is going. In a few minutes, she breathed her last breath and died. But when Jenny Strong breathed her last breath here, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And in that moment, when you draw your last breath, no matter what you walk through to get to heaven, it will seem but a small thing. Paul said, amen. The thing, the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that be, will be revealed in us. You've got to get your eye off the stuff you can see that's discouraging you. And you've got to make up your mind. I will continue. I will continue. I will continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I will continue steadfastly in fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. I will not quit. I will not be a casualty. I will continue. Please stand with me and do not leave unless you have an emergency. Please. Jesus said, some of these cities that were destroyed are going to rise up in judgment against you. He's a greater than Jonah is here. A greater than that is here. And I sincerely believe, however the judgment happens, 
that God will have a great cloud of witnesses. And there will be someone standing in judgment with a feeble excuse of why they couldn't make it. Bitterness, discouragement, offense. And there will be not one, there will be thousands, thousands and thousands of Virginia Strongs, Katie Johnsons, precious men and women who in that day, with a nod of their head said, I did it. I went through that and much worse. And I continue. The Apostle Paul said, There is no temptation taking you such as is common to man. The devil just tries to make you feel like you're the only one who's ever been through anything like that. Doesn't he? Poor me. You can say you had it rough, your family was broken. You can say you were abused. You can say blah, 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 whatever you want to say in the judgment day. But I will say the word of God will stand as witness. And a number that no man can number will say, I kept it, I continue. There is no temptation taking you such as is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not suffer you. He will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. So I wasn't able. No, you were able. You may have made up your mind that you were, would not endure. But you were able because he is able. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. But will with the temptation also. Make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Isaiah said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Just come here today to encourage someone to make up their mind to just continue. Would you bow your heads, please? Jesus, our adversary, the devil, is a liar. And he has lied to some people here today somebody feels like they'll never get back to where they once were but I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that you would restore a callous cold heart today I pray that you would heal a broken heart today I pray that you would encourage a discouraged heart today. For 
Lord, we are not of them that draw back, but we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We're not the quitting kind, God. We're the enduring kind. Would you lift your hands to the Lord now? That's it. Lift your hands to the Lord now. Would you say, I will continue? Just say it to the Lord. God, I feel weak, but I will continue. I've been fighting temptation, but I will continue. I've been discouraged, but I will continue. That's it. That's it. Let there be some steely resolve in your spirit today. minister right now. The Spirit of Jesus Christ is in this house right now to minister to broken hearts and discouraged hearts to hurting hearts.